I'm Dave Baker. And I'm Andrew Price. Welcome to Deep Cuts, a podcast where we pick a topic and walk you through the ins, the outs, and the nitty-gritty so you can appear like an interesting and idiosyncratic person at your next forced social function. Today's topic is... Brian Zembic. Who is Brian Zembic? Well, he's a professional gambler who, in order to win a bet, underwent elective breast implant surgery. He won $100,000 for this brash dalliance. But what makes him even more peculiar is that Zembic has just kept the breasts ever since. we should invite Brian? I don't know, man. He always takes things way too far. How far would you go to get what you want? How far would you go to have an easier life? How far are you willing to go to prove someone wrong? Brian Wiz-Zembic was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada in 1961. Today, he's 60 years old. Little is known about Zembic's childhood and young life because everyone only focuses on the decisions that he made as an adult, or rather, the decision. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he had an unhappy childhood. He has the vibe of someone who's trying to fill a hole. My name is Brian, and these are my $100,000 boobs. Boom, boom. <laughs> I'm a gambler and a magician. There's very few things I wouldn't do for a bet. My buddies bet me 5000 I could live in his box on Fifth Avenue for a week. I had to live in a friend's bathroom for a month. I slept under the 59th Street Bridge with $10,000 wrapped around my ankle for a week. In about 1997-ish, I was in some restaurant in Europe and I was with two friends and his girlfriend at the time was flaunting her boobs. And I said to my friend, and if I had boobs like hers, I can get just as much attention as she would. For how much? And then he came up with 100,000 and I shook his hand and that was it, it was a bet. I knew a plastic surgeon that it was also a gambler in New York. So I went to his office and I said, can you put boobs in for me? And all he said was, is for a bet, right? And I said, yeah. He said, okay, I tell you what, how are you gonna pay? I said, how about a little bit of backgammon? I played backgammon with him for an hour. I won 5,000, boom, surgery was for free. And I woke up with boobs. They really did look nice. And now I can see why women do certain poses, like push the boobs together, oh, hi, how are you? Turn the twist to make the boobs look nice. The first time I showed my friend, he laughed for 10 minutes. And he said, that is the best 100,000 I've ever lost. So Brian Zembic, he's a hell of a guy, man. He's a hell of a guy. Before we dive too deep into his biography and, and move through this story, I just want to point out one thing, which just cracked me up the entire time I was doing research for this. Brian Zembic's nickname and the name that he goes by in gambling circles is Wiz. Brian Wiz Zembic. Yeah. And like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is that like he's... That's the most like abstract nickname ever because he's like, he's not anything that you would call a whiz. Like a whiz is somebody who like has a specific skill and like knows a lot about stuff. But it seems like most of the stuff that he plays are card games, which is you can be skilled at that. And there's definitely a skill to it. But I don't know, like, I when I think of a whiz, it's somebody who's memorized a lot of trivia or information. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a whiz about anything. He's like, he's literally, he's just like, a, he's id as a person. Like, he's just pure id. So I don't know, I don't know what, I, I do not know what whiz means in context of him. What do you think his childhood would like was like, uh, Andrew? What do, you, what do you think, what do you think old dirty, 
Brian Wiz Zembic's childhood was like. And maybe if you could just describe briefly what his face looks like so people kind of get a get a picture in their mind for when we're talking about this guy. Yeah, he looks like uh he looks like if you took one of those machines that shows you what two people's kid looks like and it was it was Gary Busey and then Robbie Wrist aka cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> mhm. I was going to go uh Nicolas Cage and uh what's her name Edie Sedgwick is that that woman's name right she was part of the uh the the whole like Andy Warhol the factory era stuff yeah but i i think in either description i think the commonality of those two descriptions are he's got that like sort of pockmarked weathered face but it's almost got like a boyish look to it if he was a comic book character his alter ego would be meth boy yeah he seems like someone who's definitely done a few rails on some dirty bathroom yeah for sure and to go to his childhood thing we'll watch some interview footage and talk more about him as a person and just within the context of this whole viral event or whatever you would call it but there's only one impression that you get from watching interview footage with him you know you get no real idea of his interior life at all like he kind of there's not like a thing where you're like oh like he's upset about this or like he finds this awkward and embarrassing or there you get no sense of anything except that he is whenever he was a kid nobody would pay attention to him and the only way that he could get attention from anybody is by just being one of those kids who runs around just like making crazy noises and like trying to like be the center of attention and like do crazy shit, yell and make weird voices and like roll around the room. That is what he was as a kid. And the, and the, like this whole thing is just that. He gives off real like 14th kid energy. The like, look at me, mom, 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 look at me, mom. Like he's that as a as an adult. Yeah, just in that this whole thing is that. I mean, like I said, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this a little later on, and maybe this is jumping the gun a little bit, but this whole thing might be solely because of that. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because his kind of his body language is interesting to me because, you know, for a gambler, you they, they kind of are cool, not particularly expressive on the exterior level because their whole thing is like not telegraphing what they're feeling so they can dupe people into thinking they're feeling something else. But with him, it's like... All of his emotions aren't on the surface. They're like six inches off of himself. He vibrates so hard. And, you know, all of the footage I've seen with him, he's like in character as Brian Zembic and just like fucking around and like doing the song and dance kayfabe routine. And it's it's a really weird thing because not only is he a showboat, but he always seems really anxious. So it's this really bizarre tension of just someone who's not at home in their own skin who's also performing. It's very, very strange. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, <laughs> there's some there's some interview stuff that I saw that we can maybe watch in addition to some of the stuff here. But, you know, there's like he went on the man show and like, you know, when you watch those talk shows, you as you get older, you start to realize that the conversation is rehearsed. It's not like scripted literally, but you, but the, the talk show host is setting the person up for responses. And it's all like, oh, I want to talk about this thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about the time whenever I was a kid, whenever I uh, almost fell off a cliff. So you're going to say something like, yeah, like, you know, it's crazy when you talk to people and you hear about their near death experiences. Oh, actually, this one time and you, you were like, oh, that's how talk shows work. And so you're what you watch this clip of him on the man show and it's that. So they have all the they're setting him up for all these things. But he like every time they set him up 
to talk about something, he like freaks out and like gets too nervous or something. And he just like incoherently, he starts like three sentences too late. And so he'll just start saying something and then they have to like clarify what he's talking about where it's clear that they were setting it up. But then he just starts like rambling, like out of context without explaining the whole thing properly. And they're like, oh, you mean that? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like uncomfortable in his own skin, really anxious or He's just like, I don't even know what it is. He has ADHD. I, I don't know, but he, he's just like, he's like a bundle of nerves, but like not in a way you would think. Like when I, when I say that and when you say that, it sounds like you're picturing like that interview with Crispin Glover on David Letterman where he was playing that weird character. Like you're picturing that, like just like a neurotic person. It's not like that. It's like he comes out and he is like, he's like a little kid who's trying to be cool and like show off. And he's also simultaneously like a really like macho kind of like trying to be like a dude. But then like it's it's like this veneer over just like trembling underneath his skin. It's interesting. It's 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 a weird dynamic to see in a person. Andrew, are you the type of person who would do something just to prove a point? Like, do you easily let go of things or are you like, fuck you, man? I'm, I'm going to do this just to fucking spite you. Yeah, definitely. I mean. Yeah. This this podcast is just you spiting me <laughs> for, for passively being like, yeah, we could do a podcast. You're like, fuck you, man. We will do it. And we'll do a musical episode. Fuck you. It's it's a bit of a loaded question because it's all, it's setting it up for the next inevitable leap in logic, which is would you get breast implants for a bit? But yeah, I mean, isolated in and of itself. Yes, I, I am 100% that way. I am I am definitely someone who will go to great lengths to, I wouldn't call myself a contrarian. I'm not someone who just purposely goes against or says the opposite or does the opposite of what people say or do or suggest by by a rule. Like I'm, I'm not the type of person who's just like, oh, like this thing is popular. Well, then I hate it and I only like this other thing. I'm not like that at all. But whenever somebody tells me I should do something some way or when somebody says I can't do something, I will go to great lengths to prove them wrong, even if it's not something I actually really care that much about to to a, to a fault, to to my great calamity where I'm just like, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. I wish I could just be like, I don't, you're right. You're right. I, I don't want to do this, but I can't do that. Yeah, I, I think I have that same. Unfortunately, I definitely have a, a streak of uh, fuck you. I do what I want. Uh, and and that, that definitely does occasionally manifest in my family calls it poking the bear. They always... I, I, I'm really bad, especially with my sisters when, when they're, when I'm doing shit that's annoying them or, you know, not, not being a good older brother. Like you, my, my mom will just be like, you got to fucking stop, man. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And, and inevitably I take it like three steps too far before stopping. And my family calls it jerking off the bear. <laughs> uh, we, we used to call it that. We used to call it that, but then... Then CPS got involved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm somebody who really likes to uh, unpack and try to figure out, like, why both I and other people are the way that they are. And I think, you know, I always, I always like, sit there and just really analyze, like, what, what led to this? Like, what part of my childhood or what sort of seminal event caused this sort of personality trait or this lineage of this kind of feeling or this, you know, the way I'm, like, triggered by certain things in certain ways... Uh, I'm not really sure exactly what I, I, I never put my finger on um, exactly what it is, because honestly, it's it's not really that fascinating of a of an impulse for me. Um, so I've never quite figured it out or traced it back. But yeah, it's the same thing where I just I just don't like to be told what to do. And it 
it, like I don't get mad about very many things. It's very difficult to get me mad. I think some people think sometimes that I'm like passive because I don't get mad about things like that, but it's not passivity. Like I'm not secretly mad. Some things like that just don't bother me, but there, there are a couple things that really make me mad. And one of them that just makes me immediately see red is when somebody tells me what to do. Well, Andrew, I'm going to have to ask you to answer this next question. Andrew, do you have a history of gambling? No, uh, I I do not gamble on principle. I refuse to gamble in any way, shape or form, and I will not relent on that. Like I have a very hard and fast rule that I do not gamble. And, and it, it comes up all the time because like I literally won't even like when somebody's like, how much do you want to bet that this is going to happen? I won't do it. But what uh, is there a just because you don't like making predictions, man? I mean, I don't gamble either, but I don't gamble because I'm a fucking Jew and it stresses me the fuck out to lose money. I'm just like, no, nah, I'd rather just keep the little bit of money that I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just it's just to me, it's a slippery slope where it's like I tend I tend to be like either zero or ten on anything. Uh, I, I there's like there's no like half measures with me. There's no like thing where I'm like, I'll kind of do it like this. Like I, I'm either like all in on something or I just don't do it at all. I have no interest in it whatsoever. I'm very binary on a lot of things like that. I have no casual interests. I have like obsessions and then things that I just literally will not engage with at all. And I, and if you talk, try to talk to me about it, like I just wouldn't know what even to say because I just have zero interest or investment in it. And this whole, this whole like stock market thing that has gotten popularized recently is like in just a big indicator of that. Like it just, it, it stresses me out so much. It, it, it really stresses me out to think about because I think, you know, one minute these people with all, you know, the, the cryptocurrency and stuff and all this stuff that's happening with Elon Musk going on SNL and Dogecoin like dropping and all this shit. Like, it just seems like one minute people are just like, yeah, this shit's up. Like, we're going to be fucking rich. And then, like, don't sell. It's going to it's going to skyrocket to the moon, baby. And then, like, the next day, it's just like tanking. There's no rules to it. It's just random. And so I stay away from stuff like that. And to me, it's like the slippery slope from, like, I'll take a bet on, like, how how much do you want to bet that this thing is going to happen right now? To like losing all of your life savings on some dumb fucking like I could very easily get there. I could very easily get obsessed with the stock market, spend all this time learning it and figuring it out and be like, yeah, I'm going to fucking I'm going to do this right. And I'm going to, you know, whatever strategy for investing is like the thing that I discover is the best way. And I could see myself like going deep into it and then like fucking myself over like that kid who like literally committed suicide because he had invested in GameStop and made all this money and then he like lost it all. And he was like so freaked out because he didn't want his parents to find out that he just killed himself. I'm not saying I would kill myself, but like just get myself in that predicament. So for me, it's like I'm not even going to like unlock the floodgate, I'm not, let alone open it. Yeah, no, I, I understand that impulse. I think uh, unfortunately, I think we're both wired like crazy people. <laughs> I think I think I have a similar all or nothing uh, kind of approach to life unfortunately i don't i don't think that's a positive quality necessarily it's interesting because i feel like you and i come from pretty similar backgrounds we come from some pretty similar viewpoints on the world you know who doesn't come from a similar background and who does not have a similar view of the world fucking brian zembic baby (laughs) he couldn't be further he could not be further out and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with being brian zembic he just has this bizarre manic energy to him. He's like trying to it's like he's always trying to get ahead of people like making fun of him or laughing at him. He's like he's but he never stops. It's not like he just like blurts it out and then he's done. He's like always trying to keep ahead of it. Yeah. 
and and he also like he also like I would be curious to see that uncut footage because that's that's like 25 minutes of Brian Zimbick talking cut down to one minute and 18 seconds. Yeah. And, and you know, just just to clarify in the very beginning, like it's not a lead up. It's not a build up in the first second of that. He just starts talking and then he just immediately whips out his boobs and starts like squeezing them together and showing you it's it's like it's 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 just it's interesting because we can watch some of these later uh just you know that you'll kind of hear this again but in some other interview uh some other different random interviews from different periods of time because this he got he got these in the literal in the early 2000s like i think he, he got them in the year 2000 and that video we just watched was from recently where he's kind of like i got these in the year 2000 and back then it was a big story because he got them and then now it's like this guy's had these in for 16 years and then there's stuff in between where like the I think the man show thing was like in like the 2004 or five or something. And he's like the Joker with a giant rack. He's he, like his story. <laughs> his story changes every time in like these weird, subtle ways where like in this one, he says that his friend's girlfriend had giant boobs and he said that he could get more. Att- he could get the same amount of attention if he also had boobs. But in in other ones, in other interviews from different periods of time, at one point he said that it was his girlfriend that had the giant boobs and that he just like he, he, I forget, he, he was his girlfriend. And I think he said that the same thing where it was like, I just said I could get more attention than her or something. And then in another story, it was his, he was his friend's girlfriend. But the reason why he got them was not because he said he could get more attention. He said that he couldn't believe they could fit them into her. They were so big, he couldn't believe they could fit. And so he wanted to see if they could fit into him. And then the thing he said about having to sleep in his friend's bathroom for a month. In another version of the story, he said it was his bathroom that he had to sleep in. And he, and, and then it also, like, it starts to make you wonder, like, which one, which of these stories are true? Like, obviously, he got, he got the boobs. Like, that's real. But these other things that he randomly says, like, how much of this stuff is actually true? Oh, and then also he said, in this one, he said that he went to a plastic surgeon surgeon who was also a gambler and he said he wanted to get boobs and the guy was like is it for a bet and he was like how'd you know but then in another version he was playing backgammon with him and he and he asked he asked him if he could do it and he asked him how much it would cost and he told him and he's like all right I'll pay it and then at the end of the night after he they played backgammon he ended up being able to get it for free like the story just changes in these weird, subtle ways that makes you wonder which one is which, which is real. And when we come back from the break, we're gonna find out. We're not gonna find out. Yeah, he's he's like a seems like a weird kind of grifter liar guy. He, there's no, we're never gonna know the re, the actual truth of his interior life. Act two, I bet you won't, I bet I will. In the summer of 1996, Brian Zembic was gambling in a high stakes game when a conversation turned to women's breasts, because of course it did. And specifically, the idea of breast implants. One of his friends, another gambler named Jobo, (laughs) because of course his buddy was named Jobo. Weird older nerdy dudes love their nicknames. They're just like really into the nicknames. They love calling each other nicknames. They love having nicknames. I, I was I was working at Target one time years ago when I was like 18 or 19 or something. 
and this like expansion set of this Lord of the Rings RTS had come out and this dude showed up and like these guys, these guys that were all in a guild on the game were all coming to get the game. And like, I guess one of the guys was like going to buy it for everybody or something. And he was, he showed up and he's like, he's like, all right, um, I'm going to get all these games. Uh, can you put these ones behind the counter and uh, some guys are going to show up and they're going to get them, but they are already paid for. And I was like, okay. And he was like, he's like, all right. So uh, can you do something for me? When, when, uh, when they, when they show up, when this guy shows up for this game, um, his name, his name in our guild is fatty. And so when you, when you show up, when he shows up, can you, when he, sh- when he comes to the counter, I just, this will be really funny if you do this, but will you say, are you fatty? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not going to say that. And he was, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not going to say that. He's like, he's like, he'll love it. He, he'll think it's so hilarious. It's like his name. And I was like, no, I, I, like, it could be some other person that I mistake for him. Like, there's no way I'm doing that. And he was like, oh, fine. All right. Come on, Andrew. Why didn't you want to just like body shame some perfect stranger? I mean, it was, he really, it was his nickname that he thought of for himself. Like he was very proud of it. He literally showed up and he was like, I'm fatty. But I wasn't going to say it because it could have been some other person. I would not have said that either. He showed up and he was like, do you have something behind the counter for fatty? And I was like, yeah, let's <laughs> give it to him. And he's like, yeah, my guild member. Got-. They were like, they're, they're just, they were just so proud of their nicknames and the fact that they were in a guild. It's the only club they'd ever been in, man. One of his friends, another gambler named Jobo, had the opinion that having implants in order to attract men was a crazy thing to do. Zambic disagreed and said that, It was not a serious event to get the surgery and that the consequences were small physically and the upside was massive. An argument ensued and the two men agreed to enter into a wager. The conditions, the terms of the wager were that Zembic would receive blessed implants. They are blessed. They are blessed. If you saw them, they're blessed. They're blessed. Brian Zembic, blessed. Way up he is blessed. Zembic would receive breast implants, and if he kept them in for one whole year, he would win $100,000. That is so much money. That is so much money. Yeah, but th- but then again, it, it goes back to my my whole philosophy about not gambling, where it's like, yeah, that's a lot of money, but... Um uh, you know, I, I, I just, there's something about, there's something in me where I'm just like, I don't even want to put myself into positions where I have to make these decisions. Like, I don't even want to have to, I don't even want to have to contemplate whether or not I would do this for a hundred thousand dollars. I'd rather just, I'd rather just stay out of it. Like there's just, there's just something, there's something about that that just is, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a little centering to me where it's like, I don't even like, yeah, sure. Maybe I would do this. It's not really that big a deal, I guess. But instead of even even having to think about it, how about I just remove myself from the situation entirely? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the social component for it is interesting, which we're obviously going to talk about once we've gone through the specifics of this. The money component of it is also interesting, but the thing that really freaks me out is the surgery. Like just the fact that it's like cutting yourself open and putting anything inside of you. Yeah, exactly. Is really the, that's, I don't, living with boobs, who gives a shit really? Like it's, what do I, it's, who gives a shit? It's two hunks of plastic on your fucking chest. That's fine. Whatever. But really it's the, I'm just really squeamish and don't want knives cutting me open. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much exactly what I'm trying to say is like. 
I don't want I I'm I'm scared of of uh the idea of getting surgery for things that are important for like like the idea of having to get life-saving surgery just any any surgery of any for any reason is it scares me. So, you know, maybe I would take $100,000 for doing this thing, but uh, you know, I just I would I would sooner rather just like remove myself entirely from any scenario in which that choice would be presented to me and I would have to make it. I'd rather just not be involved in it. From here, the two men established a contract to work out the details. Zembic would pay for the operation and get 38 C implants placed under his pectoral muscles. Jobo placed the money with a third party to guarantee payment if Zembic were to win the bet. For a few months in 1996, Zembic didn't follow through with the wager, but in the fall of 1996, he lost a large amount of money playing the stock market and sought out a surgeon to go through the procedure in order to win the bet and cover his stock market losses. Ironically, the surgeon was also a gambling buddy of Zembic's. One night while playing backgammon, the subject came up, the doctor quoted a price, and the duo agreed that they would perform the surgery a few days later. However, after the night of gambling, the price had been decreased basically free. It, it, it was free. The doctor lost close to $4,500 to Zembic, and Zembic basically just said, you don't got to fucking pay me. It's all good. Just do the titty operation. Yeah, just just give me them, give me them boobies. In October of 1996, Zembic underwent the breast augmentation surgery in New York City. Jobo, upon hearing that he had undergone the surgery, offered to buy out the bet and pay $50,000 to cancel the wager. But Zembic refused and said that he would see the wager through for the $100,000. Would you have backed out at that point? Which is a false corollary because you wouldn't have even been in the situation anyway, as we've already outlined. Yeah, but then if I was, I probably would have. For half of it, just to not have to get a surgery and go th- go through the process of that. I mean, yeah, and you know, to go back to that, like if I if I was willing to to bet and do all these things, like the only way that I would have ever gotten into a situation where I might have done this is through this way, where I just happened to know a plastic surgeon and just was able to talk to him about it. Like if it was a thing where I had to go seek out a plastic surgeon and like have meetings and stuff like that. There's no way I would have fucking put all that effort into this. Like, it would only have been in the scenario where I was just like new one and was just hanging out with them and it could organically come up like that. I would never go. That would just that just sounds so daunting to be like, oh, I got to fucking look up all these plastic surgeons and like have this weird conversation with them and quote prices and i just wouldn't want to go through the fucking trouble and then but if i had gotten that far and then they were like yeah well for fifty thousand dollars just don't do it i would have just i would have taken that immediately like yeah fifty thousand dollars to not have to fucking deal with the rest of this bullshit yeah um yeah i think i i don't know i guess i would have to kind of know what the social dynamic was because to me that sounds like old dude bro i'm gonna pay you fifty thousand dollars so that you don't get the surgery so that i can make fun of you for the rest of our lives for not getting the surgery. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, yeah. This this whole thing is just so weird. Not because of what he did, which is interesting. That part is like a whole other conversation where it's like, you know, watching these old videos of this story. It's like peering into another time and place. You have these news stories about like this guy got boobs on a bed. Things have evolved and shifted and gotten way more complex since then to where this just feels like it's a, it's from another fucking time and another world. Because, you know, 
not only do I feel like these puff pieces like this, these weird, just bizarre human interest stories, like they kind of are a bit of a relic of the past. Like they still exist online. Like there's still viral videos about weird stuff like this, but this isn't really something that the ne- the news necessarily deals in anymore. Cause it's just, I feel like just shit has just gotten so much more politically charged that there's enough like weird political bullshit to fill up the 24 hour news cycle. They don't have to resort to stories like this anymore, but also it's like, so much of the story revolves around the bizarre humor of it, of like a guy got boobs like that. The whole story hinges on that. But like stuff is things have changed so much since then. Like in this day and age, it's it's not uncommon or strange for a male presenting person to have breasts like that's that's just not a. It's not a weird or funny thing. This whole story is just kind of a weird relic of the past in that way. I mean, I think it, on, just to point out, though, that it is still culturally weird. Like, I don't want it to be. It shouldn't be for a male presenting person to have breasts. But culturally, America's still fucking horrible and just obscenely transphobic. And while a certain component of progressive culture might accept those people and not think it is funny. There's a large percentage of this country that is just like fucking freak. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean that everybody is accepting of this and it's not what I meant was in terms of it being like a story on the news. Like there would, there would no longer be a story about this. Uh, And maybe, and maybe, you know, maybe we need to watch because I, I basically found like a news packet of like this story on the news back in the year 2000. And the way it's, the way it's presented, it just, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't exist anymore. There would never be a story on the news being like, this guy got boobs. It would just be, it would be way too tone deaf and controversial for anybody to ever do it. Let's watch this news clipping and see if this is the same one you had watched. Um, and let's, uh, let's, let's treat this like we did, um, cause there's so much to talk about with this. For a while ago, we did a video on the Thundercats where we stopped it whenever one of us was feeling the roar. I don't know what the Brian Zembic version of that is, um, feeling the, Hey mommy, look at me. Um, but let's, uh, let's, let's just, let's both feel free if we have something to say to, Hey mommy, look at me. Here's a California man who basically proves everyone has their price. He's a gambler, and betting plays a big part of his life. A good 90%. Brian Zembeck says he would do just about anything to win a bet. So when a friend came to him with a truly outrageous offer, he had to take him up on it. It was a bet he couldn't refuse. I was bet $100,000. I had to have breast implants as large as a girlfriend's of mine. And you did it. All right, I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm I'm feeling the hey mommy, look at me. So you know, again, different version of the story here, where he says that it it was his girlfriend. It was his girlfriend as opposed to the other one. But mostly the reason why I stopped it was for two reasons. One, as soon as he says, as a girlfriend of mine, he has like this little impish smile, which is he's he as a person likes the fact that other people view him as some sort of kind of sideshow circus act. And he's like almost getting off on the fact that he's like, look, I'm an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then also the next scene is him in a department store trying on clothes and he just has a shit eating grin, man. He is just in seventh heaven. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That been- I guess good for him, man. He's you know getting what he wants, which is the media attention, right? Out to 38C for a big payday. Now look closely as he plays a game of indoor golf. You can see the shape of his bosom. So far, Brian's had his implants for three years. The bet called for him to have them for one year. So yes, he's already pocketed the 100 G's. All right, hey mommy, look at me. Hey mommy, look at me, look at me mommy. Hey, look at that. So in that, he hits the he hits the golf ball in the indoor driving range. And then is like, my my tits got in the way. And he's just like feeling himself up on camera. And he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard to describe. It's like I'm finding, because it's such a subtle thing. And it's such a thing. It's such it's one of those things that you just observe in people that you never really, it's not something you've ever vocalized or really brought out of the abstract of your mind. But it's just like certain human behaviors and body languages that you kind of observe and kind of you kind of file it away in your mind as a certain archetype of a type of behavior or a type of person. So it's I'm really finding it hard to like describe. But the energy he has in this video is like we said before, it's like a little kid who's trying to like show off and get attention and like. But then, but but this like weird tinge of kind of what you're talking about with the anxiety or or whatever, where. It's like it's like somebody who is trying to like show off, but they are like they've they they lose confidence in what they're doing. And so in order to try to compensate for like their their failing confidence, they just start going bigger and bigger with it. So it's just this weird, like hot mess train wreck of like just doing like just acting really strange and kind of being like really showy, but in this really kind of jittery, neurotic way where you you can tell that he's like nervous or something like that. I, I don't know. It's it's so can you can you vocalize this better than I can? Because I, I it's like so hard for me to describe this. Yeah, I guess I would maybe I would try and describe it and say that he he feels like the the class clown of a Bible camp where he's like kind of funny, but only graded on a curve because everyone else in the Bible camp is just like a homeschooled loner who just loves Jesus and he's the only one that like has a little bit of kind of the the social peacocking down a little bit but he doesn't really have it down it's like at you know when he was like 7 somebody was like you know Brian you're kind of funny being nice to him and it, it he's just now internalized that as his persona even though he is not a naturally funny person or gifted comedically in his timing it's all it's all anxiety based. Yeah. And then as he's performing, it's like when you when you have this thing, this prepared thing, you're going to do whatever it is, a performance or a routine or jokes or whatever. And then you go up on stage and you start doing it. And immediately as you're doing it, like you do your first thing that in your mind before you went on stage, it was funny and you do it and people don't laugh. And then you're just like in your mind, you're like, fuck, like if they're not going to laugh at that, they're not going to laugh at any of this other shit. But I have to just commit to doing it because I'm up here. I can't just walk off stage. So I have to do the rest of this stuff, knowing that people that this has failed, like I have bombed. Nobody's going to laugh at the rest of this shit, but I have to do it. It's like that energy. Yeah, he's just bombing in real life. And he compensates for it by just going zanier and zanier. No, my breath's got my way. No, my you say this is just way. too weird? Not for a gambler like Brian. You thought getting breast implants was normal? Well, it was, you know, it's money. Anything to do with money to me is normal. In my world, anything we gamble at is normal. It's like a job, an everyday job. Life is a laugh. 
It's full of fun. And he's definitely one of the fun people. This is the man who put Brian in a bra. New York City cosmetic surgeon, Dr. Felix Schiffman. The two guys are... You think that guy's dead? Yes, one that guy's fucking dead. But not only is Brian Schiffman dead, but just the phrase putting a man in a bra, ugh, ugh, that doesn't feel cool. Like, that just feels really, I don't know, I don't, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was saying before. It's this 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 it's this is from Inside Edition and it's like a little human interest news piece about this story and it's just it's just from another fucking time. It's so it's so foreign for like and it's funny cuz you know it's a lot of this footage is like that. It's like watching this and then like watching the clip from the man show which maybe we can watch that and it's like anybody, anybody who complains about how like it really puts in puts things into perspective because you have people who complain that like people have gotten too sensitive and like, you know, people you can't joke about things anymore and blah, 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 blah. And like woke people and social, you know, SJWs and and all this stuff. But then you look back at stuff like this and you're just like, I think we probably need it. Like <laughs> we needed the people to start scrutinizing shit because like this is like watching that clip from the man show it's like it's just it's not funny at all it's just like people just like saying like the most base thing that comes to their mind like we needed somebody to be like uh try a little harder because this is this is this is bullshit and it's like this it's like it's just like but even the even down it's just not funny it's just like no it's, it's not funny but but also the even down to the way so you know a lot of people when they're playing any sort of competitive games they shuffle things in their hands right if you're a competitive card player you, f- you flip through your hand if you're a poker player you play with chips if you're a magic the gathering player people f- fuck with their hand and go you know his tick is that he puts poker chips in between his pointer and his ring finger and his middle finger and his pinky and he keeps them there balanced in tension and he just holds them there and there is no better visual metaphor for the rigidity and anxiety inside of him as a person his hands are fully extended taut and the muscles are straining to keep these chips yeah it's so weird he's like he's like white knuckling it through life but not in the way that you would imagine whenever i describe that it's like it's not like somebody who's just like gritting their teeth and constantly n- nervous. It's like somebody who's like, it's like somebody who's like trying to be funny as the fucking Titanic sinks. Where he's just like, everybody laugh. This is still, we're st- I'm still doing my routine. Nothing, nothing bad is happening right now. Gambling buddies. And how funny. Guess how they arrived at payment for surgery. I said, this is my fee. And we agreed on the fee. But by the time we got finished playing back, I mean, uh, I guess uh, he got it almost for free. Brian went under the knife, and after the surgery was over, this is what Dr. Schiffman told him. you got beautiful breasts. I just said the face could be improved now. Let's work on the <laughs> this, face. This guy's a fucking cartoon character. You got beautiful breasts. What do you want me to say? Brian, he has beautiful breasts. The thing that's so funny to me about this... I feel like there's a version of this podcast that somebody else would do where they would just be like laughing about the boobs. They'd just be like, it's so it's like they would just be making puns and jokes about a guy having boobs or whatever. But that's not what's funny to me. The thing that's funny to me about this is just how weird these guys are that like just the people involved in this, just the weird shit that they say 
the the weird attitude and behavior that they have towards this thing. They're just these guys are fucking weird. Very, very, very sad people with too much money and an addiction. Like they're all addicted to gambling. It's just I it's so it's just so weird that they're just like they're just like this is just like a weird game they play where they're just like, yeah. I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars to get boobs. And he's like, all right. And he's like, I didn't think he would do it, but the, the boobs look good. Like, it's just, it's so fucking weird. These guys are fucking weird. They're fucking weirdos. Right. His wife. Brian was married last year, but for a period of time before he tied the knot, Anita had no idea her husband to be wore a bra too. He never let me hug him. And I was like, why? And then he was like, oh, I'm ticklish or something, you know, and he'll move away. And So how did she find out? By reading a book about wild gambling stories, which has a chapter on Brian's big bet. I started crying because I guess I was in shock. All right, I'm feeling the mommy roar or whatever the fuck the, the, the code word is. So, okay, so he gets this surgery. He comes out of the surgery. He's like, I only got to keep it for a year. He meets this young woman. She seems very nice. But judging from the fact that she didn't know that he had breasts and that he wouldn't even let her hug him, A, he has a lot of shame around this, but not enough shame to get them taken out. And B, does that mean he married somebody without having sex with them? I have no idea. Like, that is intense. Like he, they were married before she knew that he had done this thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they do like so. This, this is from the year two thousand, and they have a daughter. So I don't, I don't know what the timeline is. But yeah, I, I have no fucking idea. It, it just seems really mean spirited too. Like this person's in your life, but you're keeping this huge secret from them. Which also, like, what, what does that mean? Like she was just reading a book about weird bits by co- by coincidence it's also like not that big a deal like yes it's there's social mores attached to it that in the year 2000 would be a little bit different there is a social component to it that is unusual but like if you love this person who gives a shit if he has fucking boobs or whatever especially if he's going to fucking have it taken out well i i think that's kind of what happened but but we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there so that, keep in mind this this news packet is from the year 2000 bother you that his breasts are bigger than yours no no mine looks much nicer there's no telling what brian's baby daughter might ask him someday about all this but his gambling buddies frankly aren't impressed i was a little underwhelmed actually <laughs> it's kind of a turnoff to be honest on a day-to-day basis, Brian doesn't. What is the context off. of that? It's kind of a turnoff, meaning that you were turned sense. on by Brian <laughs> Zemick before, but then with the fake boobs, you're not turned on. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, he tried to make a joke, and like it didn't actually make sense. I, like I said, these these guys are fucking weirdos. Like they're just like rich weirdos. Eight athletic shirts to hide his assets. You don't have any regrets having done this. No. No regrets at all? No. You've never felt humiliated that you, as a man, are wearing breast implants? For now, Brian has no immediate plans to remove the implants. No, no, that's definitely why I kept it as a secret from my wife for years. ...a year for each year he keeps them. This guy may look normal to you, but he's got quite a secret lurking beneath that loose shirt. This, so this, that was one news packet from the year 2000. 
So we flash forward, and this is a new uh, news piece from Inside Edition. Also, if uh, if I stepped on the last one, I feel like I was talking when that last big reveal happened. Uh, the guy who bet Jobo, the guy who bet him that he wouldn't get fake tits, uh, has now said for every year he keeps them in, he'll pay him an additional $10,000. So now we're cutting to, that was in 1996. Which is so weird because he, be, considering the fact that he did it and that he's kept, he had kept them for years. He had kept them for a year at that point in 2000. He had kept them for a year longer than the initial agreed upon bet for the hundred thousand dollars. He kept them. So he's proven that he will get these and that he will keep them. So whenever he says, I'll give you $10,000 for every additional year, like there's no, he, he there's no like challenge there. He's not being like, I dare you to do it. Like he's already proved that he will do it. So he's not challenging him, like seeing if he'll go through with it. He's literally just paying him because he to keep them in like he's paying. He's paying him to keep them in. It's not like a thing of like, let's see how f- if you'll if you can keep doing it. He He can. He's proven that he seems very resolute and like, I'll keep these in. So he's literally, he's not like seeing how far it'll go. He's literally just being like, I'll pay you $10,000 a year to keep them in, which is what, what, like, that's, that's so bizarre that he has a, he has a, his friend has a $10,000 a year vested interest in him keeping boobs. What does that mean? <laughs> what, what does it, what, what does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? He goes to catch some rays at poolside, and that's when it hits you. The dude's got breast implants. His name is... The dude's got breast implants. Okay, so I'm, uh, whatever. I'm feeling the mommy or whatever. Uh, so this is... (laughs) I'm feeling the mommy. This is is a new... This is a... This is another Inside Edition, uh, packet on, uh, on him. But it's from the year 2013. 2013. So... It's like a it's like a flashback where they're going they're going like we covered this story back in 2000. Let's see where this guy is. And so obviously he's 13 years older, but also yeah, he has a different girlfriend. Girlfriend, that's her on the left. Admits she's a little jealous. He has a bigger breast than me. Me? I'm just stunned. So why would a man like Brian get breast implants? Well, it started out as a bet here in Las Vegas. A friend paid him $100,000 to put them in for a year. But why, a decade later, hasn't Brian taken them out? It is a normal part of my life. It, it, it really is. As sick as it is, it's normal. It's also money in the bank. As sick, as, as, sick it is. as it is, it's normal. That's like, that's like one of those, like, that's, that's one of those, like, uh, speaking out of both sides of your mouth thing where he's like simultaneously, he's like as sick as it is. Like, don't get me wrong. I ain't for this weird guys having boob shit. Like, this is not normal. This is bad. But also, it is totally normal. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed of this. Also, let me let me run up and down this uh, deserted Las Vegas strip in a bright orange training bra, purposefully ma- making my boobs bounce up and down for the camera. Yeah, it's like this weird thing where he simultaneously wants to distance himself from it and like not, you know, come off like he's like into it, but also simultaneously projecting that he's not embarrassed or ashamed by it and that he's like fine with it. So he's like, he just said like a completely contradictory thing because he just wants, he's just projecting both things simultaneously. 
As sick it is, as sick as it is, it's normal. Each additional year, he keeps the implants. Clearly, this guy marches and to the then, beat of a different drummer. For some I reason, that in mind as he took I have to stop. For some reason in this video, it just cuts to him ter- horribly playing drums. It has nothing to do with anything. He's just at a drum set. He clearly doesn't know how to play drums at all. Well, because they wanted that pun of he marches to his own drum beat. <laughs> I feel like that was his idea. <laughs> I feel like he was like, hey, guys. You could say in the thing, you could say that I marched to my own drum and then like you could just get a shot of me playing these drums. And they're like, yeah, this is already the dumbest thing ever. So this is nice. nice. Can I ask um, what size you are? Um, I guess I'm like a 38. I guess like a C. Wow. Okay. You would really wear this bright orange sports bra. Yeah, I don't care. What do I care? I'm feeling the mommy roar or whatever so the fuck it is. It's fucking weird because it's like you watch this and you get the sense that like he he wrote the whole thing. Like every this he put this whole thing together. He was calling the shots. He was like that shot was him jumping out from behind a curtain and doing a like ta-da pose in the orange sports bra. And like the host of this the reporter or whatever she is she's just like there like she's it just seems like it really feels like she's like he's like all right so just stand here and i'm gonna like come out and like i'm just gonna do something and she's like okay and then he did it and she just like doesn't know how to react i love it so much he's just plain dad to his 13 year old daughter nika it's a little weird obviously so maybe the guy known as the boob man isn't a boob at all Ta-da. <laughs> I can't even I can't even describe it. It's you just have to see this. You got to you just got to watch these videos. It really is he really has like manic pixie joker syndrome. Like he really is just unhinged in a very unique bizarre way. And it has it really has nothing to do with the fact that he has breasts. Like that's not what makes him unhinged. What makes him unhinged is like the thing about the getting the boobs that's the weird thing is just like just the 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 reasoning for why he did it and like just the whole weird the weird culture around it where it's all these like dudes in their 50s just like who think it's hilarious that this guy got boobs and it like just doesn't it continues to be hilarious to them for 20 years like their whole lives are just like is just a boob joke how much has Jobo spent to make Brian Zembek's life a boob joke? He spent $100,000, and then from 97 to 2021, so 24 years, Jobo has spent $240,000 on... Well, yeah, and three $340,000 altogether. Yeah, three and $340,000 altogether. What the fuck? Yeah, just, and it's like... Just to be like, you got boobs. Don't forget it. Always remember that you got boobs. It's the you got mail. <laughs> You've got mail. You've got boobs. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so fucking weird that they're just like like. And after all this time, they're still just like they're sixty fucking years old. They're, they're still just in this. Old. They're still he's still like I'm keeping these boobs in the grand scheme of things. You know, I just I feel like after a certain point, like ten thousand dollars a year, that that's not like a big enough deal to do this. So I feel like 
a lot of it is just that I like the attention of it or something. And then his friend is just like, all these years later, I just, I'm still paying for you to have these boobs. It, this didn't get old for me ever. Like you, you get the sense that like, you get the sense that he has held on to this because it was like, in a way, it was, it was like an easy way to cover up for the fact that he doesn't have an identity. I feel like it's, it's, I don't think it's that he doesn't have an identity. I think it's the other, it's the reverse. I think he does have an identity and it's a very dark, addictive gambling thing. Like everybody in his life knew him as the fuck up, the guy who lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, the deadbeat husband, and then he got boobs and all of the attention left that. And he, be- he became the boob guy. And then he's just the boob guy. And the boob guy is a lot easier to live with than being forced to reckon with your actual mistakes. Yeah. And if he if he ever got rid of the boobs, he just would be left with nothing except for just the fucking his the ugly nature of his life in the cold light of day. <laughs> God, it's so bleak. In 2000, Zembic fathered a daughter, Mika, with his then wife. Later, when asked about her father's mammary glands, Mika said, I know why you have boobs. Uncle Mike paid you money to put them in, which again is another person that is now like, was it this Jobo guy or was it his uncle, like his his brother that met him or his wife's brother? I think maybe Jobo is Uncle Mike. Like, you know how sometimes you have like people call like friends will get called uncles or whatever because you're just around so much. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, In a 2006 interview, he said that Mika was one of the few reasons why he would ever potentially have the implants taken out. If they caused her to be bullied in school, then he would obviously have them removed. Um, let's look for let's just go through his Twitter account briefly because I feel like it's kind of interesting in that it hasn't been updated since two thousand and nine, and all of the up all of the tweets on there are just about his daughter, which is really interesting. Like his first tweet, which was from March twenty fourth, two thousand ten, is Mika is actually laughing tears that George Winston really liked her. Wow, this will get her to play at least another 300 hours. Hey, I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know what that means either. And then the next one is from March 24th, 2010. Mika is playing nonstop George Winston piano music. He actually watched her on YouTube. Check out my kid. Check my kid out under Mika Zembic on YouTube search. He internets very well. Uh, what? How is baby Gus doing on his bet, Mike? I'm up to 28 sprints a day now, sometimes 36. I don't feel like stopping. So I guess that means he's he was involved in some sort of physical fitness bet or something. Mike, you think Gus is ripped? I've lost 15 pounds in the last month and running daily. I made him look like a chubby baby model. Chubby, chubby babby model? But he, but he also isn't like adding anyone. It's just like he's doing Facebook updates, sort of. But like messaging people, but as tweets. And none of them have any comments or likes or anything. He's just like tweeting into a void. He has 47 followers. He has 47 followers and literally there are no likes on any of these. No retweets. This is the saddest thing I've ever seen. Wow. Well, that's Brian Zembic's Twitter account. It's, It's like 16 tweets. What a world. What a world. So the final question, I guess. Well, actually, before we go into this, do you want to watch that man man show clip? It's the man show. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the man 
Mauricio and uh, you are in luck tonight. You're about to meet a guy named Brian Zembic. Uh, Brian's a regular guy, a man's man, actually. Loves gambling, women, the whole thing. What makes Brian different is he has breasts. Big, beautiful, bouncy, juicy breasts. Yeah. Why does he have breasts? Well, we'll bring him out and him out, and they both can explain. <laughs> Brian Zembeck, everybody. Also, as a side note, what what is up with this show? For real, right? I never my my dad watched this when I was a kid, and I just remember it just being like, oh yeah, the fucking man show. Like I just. I I am very I'm very culturally aware of the man show, but I don't really remember anything about it. So watching this is like, what the fuck is this? Like they seem so just uncharismatic and awkward standing in front of the the, the audience, and like Adam Carolla is just like standing there with his arms just like to his sides, like just holding them up, like he doesn't know what to do with them, and he just he looks like he just like is so like nervous and like. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel just has his arms like his hands in his pockets and he's just like he's got his arms like kind of crossed inward like very closed off body language and like they they seem like this is their first day doing a show Brian Zimbik's smile is painful <laughs> oh my god Jimmy Jim, Jimmy Kimmel just groped him yeah he just grabbed his boobs and then he went he went ah, <laughs> you sick puppies up with the hooters well, <laughs> why do you have breasts well one of our girlfriends had breast implants in and I couldn't believe she got them in why would they put them in one of our community girlfriends no no one of oh. a friend of mine she's a bookie uh, this is like the weird middle ground between the two stories where at once he said that it was his girlfriend and then at another time he said it was his friend's girlfriend and then in this one for some reason he just like wanted to make it as vague as possible and split the difference between this two so he said one of our girlfriends which makes no sense New York yeah <laughs> and I said I can't believe they put him in and so he bet I said well you put him in I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars there's a buddy of yours a hundred thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars so i put him in in a heartbeat well and actually i didn't actually i lost he gave me a stock tip i lost like one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in a stock tip and then i started thinking well i have to i have to make up this money so then i put him in right wow. so it's always a last resort when you strap boobs onto your chest <laughs> for a few bucks but we've all been there <laughs> Of course we have. <laughs> do your folks know about this? Yeah, yeah. I do? Because yeah. I bet they're like, uh, listen, we would have lent you the money had we known. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for a living, Brian? I gamble. <laughs> That's great. And my wife just found out about him a few weeks ago, too. I just got married. Oh, well, congratulations, oh, yeah. this lucky lady. <laughs> But the parents don't know anything about it. Wait a minute. What do you mean your wife just found out? She did not know going well, into not, the engagement? Yeah, up until two months ago. She did Do you know. take this ring and these knockers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through uh, sickness and uh, mental health. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what What did the little lady say when, when she found I out said about she, them? She broke down and started crying. Well, it oh. makes, makes her lesbian. No, she said they're bigger <laughs> than mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> was she pleased? Do women in general like them? You know, a lot of them, it's just like us. You know, when we get those boobs in our face, we start playing with them. A lot of oh, them, yeah, sure. they just go, they just start going like this. Like it's yeah. such a novelty. Uh, and so, yeah, so it helps you actually pick up chicks. Yeah, oh, well, hold on a that's second. the only way I pick them up. I don't want to sound <laughs> stupid. What, what do you need chicks for? You got a rack and yeah. a right hand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a VCR and a tarp, and uh, you don't have to leave the house. 
<laughs> and you do this kind of thing a lot. I mean, are there other crazy bets that you've made? I stayed in the bathroom bet for $15,000 for a month. And you lived in a bathroom for an entire month for $15,000. Yeah, that was the bet. I had to live in there. For- That's what I was talking about before, where it's like they set him up for something and then you just said some weird thing that just didn't make sense. And he was like, now I have to repeat the thing to clarify what you just said, because what you just said didn't make any sense. And the audience isn't going to understand what you're talking about. For a month. And I only had like, I can take a dump and well, I had sure. all my canned food up there by the sink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I couldn't have any guests to come, you know, I guess. But my friend would pay his friends to come in and take dumps every hour or whatever. Oh, that's lovely. Which is, so I, I, I spent I spent a good part of the month puking. Oh. <laughs> but you won the bet. Yeah, I won the bet. I bet Jimmy could have rooted you out of there. <laughs> I really do. I've spent a month in the bathroom just on my own, really, because I couldn't get out of there. You know, you give me a book and I'm hard to move. Um, Brian, um, I hate to ask you this, but uh, I've asked this question before. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 we, I think we'd all love to see them if... if uh, Do I get... This is so surreal. This doesn't feel real. This is like some Verhoeven nightmare escape. Yeah, this really is. And it isn't even within the realm of the Verhoeven's toupee. This is like pre-Verhoeven's toupee. Out of this deal. All right. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, I think, I think here, here you go. Yeah, Ex- there's a hundred right expensive there. All right. Baby. Let's see what you got going behind that top. Or, you know, I might tell you what now they've started to sag because I was only supposed to have them in for oh, a year. Uh, yeah. No, I was supposed to have them in for one year, but it's been, it's been two and a half years. Oh my God. All right. I don't get any music. <laughs> music. <laughs> oh. 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 You sick puppies! <laughs> it is real, man. Oh, that is. Oh, boy. Wow. Let me tell you. He has the manic energy of a library kid who somehow lucked into sitting with the popular kids at lunch and becomes their punching bag and thinks that they're friends. That really is what it is. That really is what it is. Like, he's not actually laughing. He's pretending to laugh here. Ah ha ha ha. Ah ha ha ha. What's next, you Yeah, there's like a, there's like a, an SNL sketch from relatively recently um, where there's like these guys that are like hanging out watching a football game at somebody's house or whatever. And one of the guys, played by Kyle Mooney, he, they're, they're sitting there talking and joking around and then one of the guys uh they, he says something where he's like he's like yeah i'll never do that cut to me doing that and then everyone laughs or whatever and so he just like kyle moody's character like fixates on that and he keeps saying cut to everything where he's like he's like sitting there and he's like he's like yeah uh i'm gonna go out and uh i'm gonna go back to the kitchen and get a beer cut to me going in the kitchen and getting a beer and they're just like uh, that's not really how the joke works. Like, you don't just literally say cut to what you're going to do. You have to like, it's supposed to be like an ironic thing where it cuts to some unfortunate outcome. And he's like, oh, okay, I got it. And he keeps trying to do it. And they're just like, they just increasingly weird, weirded out by it. And he keeps like, try, he's just like latches onto the joke because he's like trying to get all these guys to laugh at him. And that's what this is. It's like that guy. It, it, it's just so fucking weird. Yeah, it's it's a very it's very sad, but in a completely unexpected way. It is not it's not sad because this guy has tits 
and won't take them out because he gets paid $10,000 a year to keep them in. It's sad because of the weird dark road that you know that he went down in order to get to that point. Yeah, and just... And just the weird fixation that him and his circle of friends have with this, that they haven't let go in like 20 years. I'm David. I'm <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know that I have like a, you know, well-rounded conclusion to this episode or anything. It's just, it's such a, the, the, the aspect of it that's the most interesting to me is attempting to piece together who Brian Zembic is based on the like scant few details and then these few videos of him it's just there's so much happening that he feels like somebody who there could be a whole book about all of these whether it honestly whether it's even fake or not i don't care but i want a whole history of all of the weird bets that he's gone through and all of the bizarre ups and downs in his life and where he's from and what led him to this point and how he dated this woman for long enough to get married without her ever seeing him naked like, did they not have premarital sex? Or if they did, just like, were they fucking with him in like a 90s puffer jacket? Like, what the fuck was going on there? So I'm just really into the Boston Celtics. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, he's he's a fascinating, fascinating person in a distinctly different way than everyone else that we've talked about on the show. Yeah, I've... I. I my great the great tragedy of this episode is that i feel like i've just failed to describe this i i've i failed to like find the words to describe him and like his behaviors and his behavioral patterns and the way that he comes off in these interviews and video footages it's it like frustrates me to no end that i'm like having such a hard time like conveying this strange strange man that uh his his behavior is so fascinating, and yet I am just having trouble really, like, vocalizing what it is that's so fascinating about it to me. Do you think that Brian Zembic and Lazaro Rojas would be friends? Oh, man. I, that's, that's like a fucking... That's a buddy cop comedy. The Anti-Vaxxers. That's just the title of it. The Anti-Vaxxers. I, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like they could... I feel like they could be friends. I feel like they're weirdly, like... I feel like they could... I feel like they, their energy could just, like, vibe with each other. Like, they're very... I'm not... They're not similar in, like... But they are in kind of in a, in a way they are. I could see them evening each other out, but I could also see them making things significantly worse for one another. Like, I feel like Brian Zembek would be the, like, weird... He would be the only person that would get Laz Rojas to be able to, like, break out of his shell and, like, make a proof of concept thing and, you know, take those commercial acting jobs for $10,000 or whatever. But then he would, like, lead him down this insanely dark path and get him obsessed with online gambling or something, which he very well might be already obsessed with. I mean, fuck that. They could star together in Absolutely Smashing. Oh, my God. Brian Zemeck is Darla Chandler. I would pay good money to see Laz Rojas and uh, and Brian Zemeck make out. And, the, and you know the way that you would get him to do it? You would just be like, hey, Brian, I bet you won't fucking be in this movie. Yeah, and he would do it. He would do it. Yeah, they they they're they need they're a match made in heaven because Brian could like win the money be- gambling to pay for the movie. What a world! Yeah, I mean, I think the Cliff Notes version for me is that um, Brian is kind of who I'm afraid I am at my worst, where he is like this horrible Rottweiler who just sinks his teeth into things and won't let it go and carries jokes way too far. And it like shapes his whole, his whole life is defined by this inability to let things go. 
his anxiety prone, not funny sense of humor, which I don't think is very similar to me in any way. Like I, I for better or for worse, I'm, I kind of am a genuinely funny person and I'm socially, <laughs> no, I am like, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking theater kid. Like you don't, you don't survive in that world. A little cocky too. It's not, it, that's not cocky. That's just looking at the attributes that I have. I'm not here saying I'm six foot five because I'm not. But one of the things I am is I'm a kind of goofy, funny person. And that's like one of the things that I have and am good at. Um, and like, he is just so, he so wants to be that. Like he, there's an alternate f- future where Brian Zemick was in like a production of Our Town in like ninth grade. And he was like one of the guys in the very, very back. He was an extra in fucking miracle on 34th street and it changed his life well it's funny because he's he's the type of guy and i think a a lot of guys are like this where he's not funny at all but he's surrounded by people who are even less even dumber and less funny than him that have tricked him into thinking that he's funny and so he he his confidence has been boosted by the fact that all of his friends are so dumb and unfunny that to them in 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 relativity to them he is funny so he thinks he's funny but he's not funny at all oh my god is this a secret message are you telling me that i'm not funny are you telling me this right now i mean i don't know i don't know what uh i don't know what other people you're hanging out with that could bolster your confidence like that but uh it's not me I know my shit. I paid I paid thousands of dollars to know what is or isn't funny. And that wasn't a mistake at all. That wasn't a dumb thing to do. It wasn't it wasn't dumb to pay thousands of dollars to take classes at made up cafe bullshit comedy theaters that just told me things that if anything just almost kind of like ruined my instincts for comedy because it was just like putting all these contrived rules on things that should be more intuitive. I'm Dave Baker. This has been the Fuck the Upright Citizens Brigade podcast where we have <laughs> next time we're going to be going after groundlings. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the only other thing I, I would just say in closing, which was kind of what we had touched on earlier, is that there's just this oppressive, rife transphobia through all of this shit where it's just like, you're a fucking dude with chits. What? Yeah, it's a complete... It's a complete anachronism to a day when, like you said, obviously that like the sentiment still exists now. But in terms of it just being like taken for granted that that's a weird, goofy thing. That's just that's just like that's not a world we live in anymore where anybody would there would be there wouldn't be an inside edition puff piece where the whole point is that some like female host is going around with him being like, your boobs are weird. You would wear an orange crop top fucking bizarre man i'm dave baker and i'm andrew price this has been deep cuts andrew where can people find you <laughs> you just skipped your own thing on the internet oh shit yeah you can find me on the internet i forgot it was me first uh you can find me on the internet hey dave baker.com you can find me on tiktok instagram and twitter at x dave baker x if you want to see me making silly videos drawing time lapses stealthily promoting comics that you might be able to buy in comic book stores across the country like Seven's Reckoning, my Star Trek Voyager miniseries that I wrote. Um, Night Hunters, the science fiction dystopia, gangland cyberpunk comic that I wrote with Alexis Zirit. Or Everyone is Tulip, which comes out from Dark Horse, June 16 in comic book stores and uh, June 29 in bookstores. You can also find him at his, his new blog, 
uh, www.imdavebaker.com. God damn it, you're making me seem like such a fucking jabroni. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I'm making you seem that way. Bro, I'm just saying. <laughs> fucking Christ, man. Come on. You can, you can find me, uh, just in Vegas, uh, just engaging in increasingly bizarre, uh, bets that at a certain point start to seem less like they're bets that I'm taking simply because I want to make money and more to provide some kind of weird smoke screen for my crushing sadness and lack of a personality. And you can also find me at dapricerights.com, where you can check out my book, Deadbolt, AI Private Eye. And my other book, my my other impending book, uh, A Thousand and One Dave Baker Jokes to Use at Parties. <laughs> Andrew, where can people find merch for the show? <laughs> You can, you can find, you can find, uh, merch. You can find, uh, things such as t-shirts and, and hats and coffee mugs that have one of, uh, our cool designs. Uh, we have a, we have a, a classic deep cuts design. We have a bacon and legs Miami Knights design. We have a, uh, a kayfabe design and we have a, uh, Davy Bakes and Papa Pricey morning show shirt. Which is actually an anagram for holy shit, Dave is hilarious. Yeah, which explains that one because we don't actually have anything like that in the Deep Cuts canon. It's literally just a thing that only exists as a shirt. Um, but you can get one of these, uh, one of these designs on a shirt or a mug or whatever, a baby onesie, which I'd highly recommend. You just get a baby onesie and just wear it on your head. Start, start, <laughs> a, fa- start a weird new fashion statement. Um, uh, you can get those by going to deepcutspod.com and clicking on the store, or you can go to bitly.com slash deepcutsmerch. Deep Cuts is a production by Boy Genius Media. If you'd like to find this show and others like it, please visit boygeniusmedia.com or deepcutspod.com. If you want to join in on post-episode discussions, please join the Deep Cuts Podcast Facebook group. Finally, subscribe to our YouTube channel for additional video content.